Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Unlimited Access series, where Dr. Jones teaches on various aspects of Christian prayer. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, believers have unlimited access to dialogue with our Father in heaven. Now let's join them for today's message. Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 14. I'm reading for the New American Standard. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help, to help in time of need. Today's title is Unlimited access. Say unlimited access. A few months ago when I joined Team iPhone, I was trying to figure out how to do some certain things. And from my Android, I heard, had certain groups set up to where I could communicate, you know, in, in, a, in a real efficient manner. I could get to people and I could communicate with certain groups. So I would take the contacts and put them in a group and I could just send it to that one group and it would go out. But when I got the iPhone, you couldn't do that as well. And there was an app that you could get. So I was all excited. And I got this app and I started trying to do it, but then come to find out my communication was limited because I got the free version and I could only send it to so many people. And I got so frustrated and I was like, boy, they know how to get some more money out of you, don't they? It was working good, you got used to it, I was excited about it, and then I found out I was limited until that, 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 that payment was made and then all of a sudden I was opened up to this limitless, this unlimited, ability to communicate, to go back and forth, to communicate back and forth, to, to dialogue, not just send out, but also receive. And to do it in different ways where everybody can see it, only one person can see it. And I was like, man, this is a really cool feature. And we all have experienced that sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you get a free trial or something and then that free trial runs out and then if you're gonna have unlimited access to it, you gotta, you know, it's a payment that's made, right? See, this passage and one of the things that this book of Hebrews really enables us to understand, it helps us to grasp, to understand that how our access to the throne, our access to the Father, our access to, the God, to God, the creator of the heavens and the earth has been opened and made unlimited because of the payment that Jesus Christ made on the cross of Calvary. And because of that payment, we now have this unlimited access to him, but many times we fail to utilize that access. We fail to engage that access. And today, I want to encourage you and I want your confidence to be raised to a whole nother level that you may know that you know that you know I can go to my God and he hears me, amen? He says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
The first thing he's letting us know is that he's instructing us to hold fast our confession because of this high priest. So you think about the high priest, and we're going to break this down because today we're going to be, we're going to, we got to gain some understanding of what this high priest language means and how significant it is so that we may understand our relationship to God and through Jesus Christ in the correct way. We have a constitution that governs us and we have a democracy where we vote for representatives to represent us in Congress. So everywhere you live, you have a congressman that represents you on Capitol Hill. Meaning, me and you can't go to Capitol Hill and make an appeal, can we? But we have a, a representative that speaks on our behalf. And those representatives, when they do well, they come into the areas and they find out what's going on. And typically that representative has to be from that area. They has to have some kind of uh, connection to that area, has to have a residence in that area, has to be among the people from that area. And they vote on them to go up and take their concerns to where the laws and where the governing bodies reside. A representative. You know, one of the things that this passage is letting us know is this. When he says, since we have this high priest that's passed through the heavens, he's letting us know that we have this amazing, unparalleled representative that has gone before us into the throne room. And he's taken all our concerns to the throne. In the nation of Israel, they had these three kind of major offices that functioned in the nation under the rule of God. One was you had, you had the prophet, and the prophet gave you the mind of God. They spoke, thus says the Lord. They gave you the word of God. And then you had the priests that granted you access to God. They would offer sacrifices on your behalf. They would pray on your behalf. They would offer prayers on your behalf. They would also teach you and, 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 and mediate God's word, where the prophet would even write God's word. Priests wouldn't write the word of God. Priests would just communicate the word of God. And then you had the king. The king's office was to exercise the rule of God. Jesus Christ holds all three of these offices. He is our great prophet, he is our high priest, and he is our king. Here in this passage, he's picking up on this one major office as high priest and how we've been granted this access to him. And when I love this language in here, because when he says he's passed through the heavens, he's painting this picture of when the high priest in Israel would represent the entire nation on the day of atonement. You know, today, you know, it's popularly known as Yom Kippur, the, the Hebrew phrase for day of atonement. And the high priest would go and they had specifications that only and only and only and only the high priest of that year, whoever was high priest, could enter into the Holy of Holies. He had to go through this curtain. He had to go through this veil. He had to go through this drape. No one else could enter in. And they, he had specifications on his cleanliness and his holiness and everything that he had to be to enter in. Because if he didn't do it right, if he went before God's presence in a way that God said, don't do it, he would literally fall dead and they would have to pull him out by a rope. Like nobody else could go. If they went in there after him, they would die, too. So they had to pull him out by a rope. Like it was serious. God said, this is how you're going to approach me. I'm, I'm holy. Don't treat me like anything else. Don't treat me like anybody else. I'm holy. And they would go before the Lord on behalf of the people and the prayers of the people. And then they would make a sacrifice on behalf of the whole nation so that the sins for the year would be forgiven. Then they would send a scapegoat out into the wilderness to never be seen again as a sign that your sins have been Gone, done away with. But you have to do that year after year after year. Jesus Christ has been sacrificed once and for all. The payment for sin 
one sin for all. We don't need to do a sacrifice anymore year after year after year after year after year. The writer picks up on this language so we can understand this relationship. So it says that as Jesus has passed through the heavens, see, in Acts 1, 9 through 11, what happened? Jesus stepped on a cloud and ascended and went back to the Father. And then he sent his Holy Spirit on Pentecost. No, remember, Jesus Christ ascended and went back to the Father. He has now opened up a whole new way. See, the payment that Jesus Christ paid on the cross for each of us, the curtain at the Holy of Holies when he died on the cross was actually torn in two. Like nobody went in there and ripped it. When he died supernaturally, that curtain was torn, showing that there is now access to all. Meaning I don't need another human person to go represent me to God. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, I can now freely go to God myself. I don't have to tell somebody, hey, can you pray to God for me? I don't have to go to somebody and say, hey, can you talk to God for me? I can literally myself anytime, any day go to God because this Jesus Christ died for me. He rose for me and he ascended and passed through the heavens for me. Y'all, that's good news. Because that's letting me know I don't have to wait to Sunday for the pastor to pray for me. I don't have to call my priest to pray for me. Matter of fact, I can right now, it's two in the morning, I'm going through it. I can talk to the Lord right now, and I know he hears me. Why? Because I got this great high priest that didn't just go through a veil. He passed through the heavens. He said, so because of that, I want you to hold fast your confession. What does that mean? When you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, matter of fact, the linchpin of it, he even gives you a hint. Jesus, the Son of God. The Muslims reject Jesus as the son of God. The rabbinic Jews reject Jesus as the son of God. Now, the Messianic Jews receive him, Yeshua, as the son of God. But the rabbinic, they reject him. Everybody else rejects him as the son of God, meaning one of the linchpins, one of the foundational pieces. Faith in what God has provided in Jesus Christ is that Jesus was born. He is the eternal son of God. He's exercised eternal relationship all that the Father has, He has. So that gives me a confidence because I can know because of His relationship with the Father and He's represented me to the Father. He has died for me. He has paid my penalty. He has ascended back and He's sitting on His throne next to the Father. That I know because of my relationship with Him, the Father hears me. He hears me. And I can have confidence. I can hold fast. I don't have to have anything to waver my faith. Nothing needs to scare me. Nothing needs to make me fearful. There's nothing that Satan can throw at me. There's nothing that demonic activity can throw at me. There's nothing that can come against me. Why? Because I have this confidence because of who this Jesus is. This scripture says that Jesus, yet son of God, he sympathizes in our weakness, y'all. He says, he was tempted in all things as we, yet without sin. Meaning the stuff we go through, he's dealt with and overcome. Oh, that gets me feeling good. Because he's been betrayed and he's overcome. He's been talked about. He's been mistreated. You know, he's felt tired and fatigued and had to deal with bad attitudes. He's... he's the, Every weakness that we've dealt with, he's dealt with yet without sin, meaning he's overcoming. That's why he's our perfect sacrifice, too, because he without sin. We hope this message is blessing you today. 
Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit DarylJones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L Jones.org and subscribe to receive our refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. Our goal is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. It says that this Jesus, we think of him so much, you know, he's son of God and he's so holy and he's so awesome and he's so great. I mean, he can't really identify. And yet that's why he put on flesh so he could feel what we feel. He felt the sun rays. You know, you think about he's son of God. He's 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 creator. And yet he gets hungry because he had to eat. You know, like, we don't even think about that. You know, he's creator. He sustains the universe and yet gets sleepy. Like, this is amazing. You know, this, this is where you wrestle what's called the hypostatic union, fully God and fully man in unity. It's like, like, like this Jesus is amazing in all that he is and how great he is. He identifies with every single thing we go through. So that means there's nothing in your life that you're dealing with. There's nothing in your life that comes your way that you can't talk to Jesus about and he don't know how you're doing. It's not like he just looked on high and saw it and see you down there like, well, no, no. He came down and he dealt with it so that he can be one who sympathizes with us. His heart is for us. That's why he had compassion. That's why he looked on Jerusalem. He cried when Lazarus died. He has emotions. He gets hurt when we're hurt. He's hurt when we have to deal with the consequences of ultimately just sin. That's why he came and did what he did for us. He says that he's our high priest and he sympathizes with us. And out of that, because of that, he says, therefore. And therefore, since you trust God's word, know who this high priest is and what he's done for you and who he is. Hold fast to that. Because just as you were tempted, he's tempted. Yet without sin, he's overcome. Therefore. Because he sympathizes with us, because he identifies with us, because he's overcome, he says, verse 16, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. I love that. He said, let us draw near with confidence. You know what confidence is, right? You know, it, it was these two guys at a restaurant and they were sitting at the bar and they were admiring this lovely looking woman at the table. And they were just talking and they were trying to talk and, and basically encourage each other, kind of hype each other up that one of them would go over and approach her. You know, go, go sit down and talk to her, go ask her something. And right when one of them kind of started to build up a little confidence, another guy walked in and he overheard him and he was like, hey, you, you're talking about that, that, that pretty lady over there? And they're like, yeah. And he was like, look, all right, let, let's do this. I see y'all talking and you contemplating. I'm going to go over there. And when I go over there, if she let me sit down after the first bit of the conversation, you all pay for the drinks we have. Now, if she let me stay, and if I get a kiss, you pay for the meal. They was like, oh, you on. That's it, you on. Guy walked over, talked to her for a couple seconds, sat down. As he sat down, the guys at the bar were like, oh, man, we got to buy the drinks. They was like, let's, let's, see, let's see what he got. As he talked for a little while, he leaned over, planted a kiss, and she kissed him back. He called the waiter over and said, hey, the two guys over there, they paying our check. And they, walked, and they were sitting there like, how did he do that? And he walked over and he said, hey, we're here celebrating our 10-year anniversary, man. We appreciate it. 
See, the thing was, the dude walked up with confidence. Why? Because he knew what the relationship was. See, the thing is, with this passage, the writer's trying to help us to understand our relationship to this God so that we may have confidence and not be scared and not be, not be worried and, not, and not, not sit back and get comfortable just watching other people go and other people do it. But actually, he wants us confident that we can approach God with whatever we have going on, whatever we're dealing with, that we can go to the throne room of grace and cast our cares on the Lord. He says, let us draw near with confidence. Not just drawing near to the throne of grace. He says, but with confidence. Some of your scriptures, some of your verses may say boldly. He got to go with boldness because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his promises by faith in him. The veil's torn. I know I have unlimited access 24-7. Anytime, any place for any reason, I can go to the Lord. And I can talk to him. And I know he hears me. Why? Because of the relationship I have with him. Because of the relationship that's been established. Because of what's been done for me. I have full access to him. The veil is torn. But then check this out. Notice he doesn't say we got this access to him that, that we go to this throne room and then you get whatever you want. He says, no, we draw near with this boldness with his confidence, so that me may receive mercy and grace in times of need. Oh, man, that is, you ever had something that just happened just in time? Like, like just in time, like in the nick of time. And you'd be like, oh, Lord, thank you. Oh, Lord, I mean, it, it could have been, you know, you need a bill, due date was coming. And you sitting there days before, you don't know how it's going to be paid. And all of a sudden, just in time, some reimbursement from Best Buy came in. And it's just enough to pay that bill. You know, you were in college and you were trying to sit here and figure out how you was going to pay for this semester. Then all of a sudden, that, 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 that uncle came through and you just had a conversation. You didn't even want to go over there and see your family. You didn't even want to talk to anybody. Because you at that age, you don't even want to be You're too good and you're too grown to be around family. I know how it is. Yeah, the, the kids love being around family. All of a sudden, they hit 16, they too grown. These old people don't know nothing. They old and they music whack. They don't like how I dress. Like all of a sudden, you don't know. But in, in that time of need, it says that we draw near because we receive this, this mercy and this grace in time of need. You know, the mercy, you know, in time of need where you're praying and, and, and you messed up. At work, and you put in the wrong numbers, and you know you might get chewed out, you might even get fired, and all of a sudden you get some mercy. You've been praying, and God gives you some mercy, and they they kind of like, hey, next time don't do that. Grace, unmerited favor, you know, like you don't deserve any of this. And all of a sudden, you know, you've been praying, you've been asking God, and all of a sudden He opens up a door, and and you receive some blessing, you receive a position, you receive a job. You, all of a sudden, you get this relationship, or whatever it is that you didn't deserve. You, matter of fact, you weren't even looking for. You just praying and just asking God to order your steps, and all of a sudden He meets you in your need with His unmerited favor, meaning you didn't work for it, you didn't deserve it. He just gave it to you. And it's all connected to us drawing near to the throne, meaning we can't be afraid. See, he wants that type of relationship. See, the reason it's so important is because of what just happened previously. Because when he was talking about the nation of Israel and how they didn't match 
the word of God with faith. They didn't connect the word of God with faith. See, when God first came on Mount Sinai, he came down and started speaking. He wanted the whole nation to come up. The whole nation. They would be the, they were to be a kingdom of priests, not a kingdom with priests. They'd be a kingdom of priests. They said, come on. And they heard the thunder and they got scared. And they said, okay, Moses, you go. You, you go up there. We, we don't, we, if we get too close to that mountain, we're going to die. It's, it's too much. It's too much going on. The writer's telling us, look, that's been reversed. Forget that. Don't be like that. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Be in awe and yet still approach, still go, because God wants that relationship. We can speak to him. We can talk with him. We can dialogue with him. And over these next few weeks, one of the things we're going to break down is that prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is not about you talking to God. It's not just about you babbling and going on and going on and going on and just talking. Prayer is actually a dialogue where God will speak to you. And there's a lot of different ways he'll do that. And we'll go through the scripture and we're going to see how he speaks. We're going to walk through the text, y'all. This is going to be fun over the next few weeks. But we're going to see how God engages his people. We're going to see how God speaks to his people. We're going to see how God <laughs> responds to the prayers and the dialogue and the questions of his people, y'all. We're not deists. God didn't just create things and just let it go. No, no, he's engaged. He's active and he's moving and he's involved. And he wants us to experience him on that level. He wants us to have that unique experience. He says, let us draw near with this confidence that we may receive grace, that we may receive mercy in times of need. With this verse, I want us to look at this last verse. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10 and go to verse 19. He says something very similar. You know, he, he talks like this throughout this book. You see in your notes that he even calls Jesus this merciful high priest, this faithful high priest, even in Hebrews chapter 2 and in chapter 3. You know, this is a common theme. In chapter, in chapter 10, 19, it says, Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Pause right there. Remember I said they would go through the curtain. It's saying that that veil, that's Jesus' flesh now. And we can go in because of what he's done, a new and living way. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. It says that he's faithful. Jesus has given us this promise. And he's faithful on every guarantee. That we have this unlimited access to the throne. That we can walk in at any time. So when you look at the old story of Esther, when she was scared, you know, they were trying to amp Esther up. You go in before the king. You don't know such a time as this. Go in there. Maybe God will have you. And they were scared because when you walked into, you know, the king's uh, her palace, you walked into his throne room without, without being summoned. That was death. You had to be summoned to the throne. But because of what Jesus has done, we got unlimited. We can go anytime we need to. The door is open. And we got this confidence because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. We've all been to buildings and walking through and you see that door that says authorized personnel only. 
You know, whenever you see that door, is it just me? Like, I feel like I want to go in there now. But like, how am I not authorized? Like, what you got to do to be authorized, right? You know, it's always, your curiosity starts to peak. It's like, what, what's back there? What they got? It's probably bored. It's probably just the microwave or something. But, you know, it, it, authorized personnel, you know, like it's only an exclusive. They can get through there. And, you know, you might have to have some kind of badge, a key card. And somebody walk by and they swipe their badge, boop, and they go in. And you're like, man, that's cool to approach God. Yeah, it is authorized personnel only. It, it, it is. You do need authorization. And once you've been received, once you have been given that authorization through Christ, See, it's by faith in Christ that you've been authorized now that any time you need, you have access to the throne. Anytime you want, you have access to the throne. You don't need somebody else. Now, we will look at scripture where God does hear the prayers of others as we pray for one another. But that's not what's needed. The writer says, I want you to be confident. I want you to be assured. I want you to be excited, and I want you to trust that you know that you can come to God at any time, and He will hear you. You are welcome. And later we're going to look at He Answers. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Unlimited Access series, where we learn what prayer is and how to strengthen our prayer life. If this ministry has blessed you, and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Unlimited Access series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.